nice about Hyatt is it's kind of simple. Dalton has everybody beat. All you need to do is own one credit card. Who here at the table has bought points and stayed at a hotel for $25 a night? I may or may not have also been Bond Boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Points. I'm Brian Kelly. So if you're in the midst of planning your amazing 2020 vacation, you're going to want to stay tuned today. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm here to call a battle, TPG style. We're debating four hotel chains, Hyatt, Hilton, Marriott, and IHG, brought to you by a few of our very own in-house points experts. They're going to dive into some of the more technical aspects of each of these brands, like how you can earn and redeem with each hotel. The team also debates which chain offers the best elite status benefits and who offers the best overall experience. If you've ever had questions, we've got the answers. So turn it up and get ready to take notes. It's a battle royale of hotels and you don't want to miss it. Coming up right after this message. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's me again, Brian Kelly, the points guy with a very important PSA. You need to get in the know with TPG's daily newsletter. It's where you can get all the latest news in aviation, deal alerts, and the very best tips in the points and miles space. Subscribe to it right now and get it delivered for free straight to your inbox every day. Text TALKING POINTS to 33777. That's TALKING POINTS to 33777. See you in your inbox. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Our hotel battle, Hyatt, Hilton, Marriott, and IHG. And here's our moderator, Julian Keel, TPG Emeritus, Director of Credit Cards and Points and Miles. Take it away, Julian. Thank you, Brian. I'm Julian Keel, the Director of Credit Cards and Points and Miles at The Points Guy. I am excited today. I have four hotel experts with me, and we are going to be doing the battle of hotels. Let's start with Zach Griff, our travel analyst. Hello, Zach. Hey, Julian. How's it going? Tell me, what chain are you covering today? I'll be covering my personal favorite, Hyatt. Hyatt, a very big Points and Miles favorite. Also with us, JT Genter, our senior Points and Miles writer. Hello, JT. Hey, Julian. Which brand are you talking about? I'll be defending IHG, which is the hotel brand where I've spent the most nights this year and in the last two and a half years since going nomadic. A serious IHG fan. Yes. All right. Sounds good. We've got Carissa Rawson, our Points and Miles reporter. Which brand are you talking about? Today, I'm going to be covering Hilton, which is my personal favorite brand. Mm, yeah. Lots of Hilton fans out there. Yeah, so. big fan. And then finally, Summer Hall, our uh, director of travel here at TPG. Hi, Summer. Howdy, Julian. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I am going to be defending Marriott Bonvoy. It is actually the program that I have had top tier status with the longest now. It's wow. been a hot minute since I had Hyatt, so I have become a Marriott girl, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of uh, Marriott in the news in the last year. So let's start right there. What would you say for each of you, and we'll start with you, Summer, what is the one best thing and the one worst thing about Marriott in one sentence? Uh, the best thing about Marriott is St. Regis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their high-end properties really are amazing, aspirational, and something that um, makes points worth it for me. Mm-hmm. 
So on the flip side, I have had a lot of problems with the integration. They are now a fully integrated program with Starwood, but there was some serious, serious rocky roads um, and lost points to get there. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's was that been the worst part for me the last couple of years. Yeah, there's been a lot of complaints about yeah, it. Yeah, it's so. not just me. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, JT, how about you for IHG? Best thing and worst thing about it? Yeah, the reason why I like IHG is the promotions are really great. The rewards program, especially pairing it with the credit cards, you can get great nights for cheap. The worst thing it would definitely be a lack of hotel benefits like guaranteed late checkout, even as a top tier, I don't get that or breakfast at all hotel brands. And you're a top tier elite at a lot of hotel brands. And we'll get to I, that I sure am, in yeah. just a little bit. Carissa, as far as Hilton, best thing and worst thing? I would say Hilton is probably my favorite because it has the most accessible elite status. So you get the most bang for your buck with your top tier status. I'd say probably the worst thing is how they tend to devalue their own points uh, frequently and without notice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a pretty big negative. Yeah. 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 If you're into the points and miles, but some people may just like Hilton's in general. That's so, true. Yeah. yeah. And Zach, Hyatt, like I said before, points and miles favorite. Best and worst thing. Thanks for letting me take this one home because it's a clear win for Hyatt here. Um, <laughs> Hyatt's top tier elite status is easily the most rewarding of all of them. Uh, they're fantastic about offering consistent benefits across all their different hotels, whether it's confirmed suite upgrades, guaranteed late checkouts, breakfast everywhere, none of the sort of like exclusions that you get with some of the other chains. And earning and burning points with Hyatt is super easy. Transferable currencies from Chase. Uh, and uh, yeah, the only real issue is you can't find a Hyatt everywhere. Um, Hyatt's portfolio is a little bit more limited than the other larger legacy chains, but Hyatt, if it's in a place you're traveling to, it's often the best hotel to choose. But some people would argue that the key point of a hotel, what you need the most, is for them to be one there where you need it. And that is somewhere that Hyatt is seriously lacking. For sure. And Hyatt's doing its uh, due diligence there. And they've had some recent acquisitions on some other hotel chains. So hopefully they will continue on that. They're making uh, a lot of partnerships. Yeah, yeah partnerships, mm-hmm. small luxury hotels, taking over Two Roads Hospitality. So they have integrated more properties into their portfolio. But yes, agreed. Are y'all crazy? So I have heard um, Hyatt, yeah, they're nice, but you probably won't have one where you are. And I've heard IHG, you don't really get anything for being an elite. And I've heard Hilton, yeah, your points may be worth nothing tomorrow. And yet, here y'all sit defending these as the best loyalty programs. It's really quite entertaining. Marriott does have the most hotels. So yeah, Marriott has like close to 7,000 properties around the world. They do have legit elite status benefits. I love my free breakfast as the selection I make as a platinum when I check in. And yeah, they do have some properties that have gone up in points, but it typically isn't a surprise that just happens overnight. So I think y'all lost already. We can wrap it up now. <laughs> I, I, I think Marriott also has its own um, hashtag Bon Void. It does. So <laughs> what is that? For people who may not know, what is so that? So Bon Void is, is the term that people use when they get unexpectedly uh, screwed over by Marriott. Due I'm, to I may or may not have also been Bon, bon Void. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I also was Bon Void. Um, so that's nobody why. really ever gets yeah. Hiltoned or, no. Uh, you know. No, no, they really. But maybe so. that's because, I like, how far do you have to fall when you're already starting with not much? Like with Marriott, you go in with high expectations. So, you know, you <laughs> can get knocked down a little bit and you still come out ahead. I have been Bon Void and yet I have also been St. Regisid. So, <laughs> is it even fair though at this point to say with Marriott that you are going in with high expectations when it comes to customer service? So, so I really I have had real problems where I have had hours and hours on the phone. I've written stories about these on the Points Guy. Real frustration, legit. 
But I will say most of those are now in the rearview mirror. I'm not going to say it's not still happening to someone, but a lot of the problems were centered around reservations made before the two programs merged. And we're pretty much past the date or are past the date now where that's even possible. So I'm not saying you can't still have problems with Marriott, but I can say that I'm not really having those anymore. And I had some big ones. If I was still going through that day after day with Marriott, I would have said sayonara, but I'm not. And so instead, I'm just living it up, you know, at the Western Snowmass and skiing out for 35,000 points a night. What about that? Yeah, well, the only issue, though, is, right, you have 7,000 hotels and you talk about, you know, you haven't been Bonvoyed nearly as frequently as maybe you were back in the day when the merger was happening. But how do hotels, how consistent are hotels in, in delivering your elite benefits? Well, right? if, I, like, if I want a sweet upgrade, that might be a problem. But in fairness, I wasn't getting the day of complimentary suite grades frequently with Hyatt either. Right. But I also have four certificates that I can use to confirm upgrades. And fr- up fr- to each, up to seven nights up to, each. Exactly. And and we're talking about, you know, standard suites at top tier properties, Park Hyatt's. We can go on to battle who has the most luxurious hotels, but I'm going to be staying in a suite. And most likely as a platinum, you probably aren't. Well, you're right. However, I travel with two kids. So there's four of us in a room. A suite actually isn't useful anymore. It was. There was a period of time where suites were the end-all, be-all to me, and that is when I was a Hyatt globalist or diamond at the time. But now, suites have one bed and then some, like, crummy sofa pullout. So if you need a suite, you know, maybe Hyatt is a good thing to focus on for that period of time in your life. But I'm at a time I need two beds in a room. And so a suite upgrade for me is, is useless most of the time. I'd rather have an awesome hotel exactly where I want it to be than a few hundred more square feet most of the time. Speaking of upgrades, one of the things about Hilton Diamond status that a lot of people complain about is that you don't get confirmed upgrades. It's at the discretion of each individual property, correct? That's correct. I will say, even though I don't have confirmed suite upgrades, I have stayed a large number of nights in Hilton properties across the world, and I've gotten upgraded on suites on awards days, on paids days. Basically, it's just the U.S., I think, where you're kind of shafted in terms of the suite upgrades, but Everywhere else in the rest of the world, you're getting in. But do you think that Hilton is at a slight disadvantage because of that, because of these other chains that maybe do confirm suite upgrades? I think it just depends on what your priorities are. In the mm-hmm. same in the same way that Summer says, I'd rather have a reliable, quality hotel all across the world, and maybe I'll have a suite upgrade, maybe I won't, but I at least know that I'm going to have key benefits available to me at a high-quality level. And on the flip side, as far as earning top-tier status, it's probably easiest with Hilton. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and just throw out that Hilton Aspire card because everyone else, it just you guys have no game. Um, <laughs> you know, in terms, in terms of like barrier to entry to top-tier diamond status, or top tier elite status, Hilton has everybody beat. All you need to do is own one credit card. Right. So with Hilton, you don't have to choose to focus all your stays on Hilton. You can just have a card and keep it in your pocket when you need it. And the Aspire is a tremendous card. Um, But even if you just have the Platinum or one of the less expensive Hilton cards, that's all we had. We have Hilton Gold status, went to Bora Bora, got free breakfast for all of us every single day, which was like almost $200 in value. And just with gold. Just mm-hmm. with gold status matched, although I could have just done it from my platinum card mm-hmm. as well. So I think Carissa's right. There's definitely the lowest barrier to entry with Hilton, um, but you don't 
actually have to make it your program if you don't want to. With Marriott, you're going to have to make yeah. it your program to get those elite benefits that you want. Well, and, and same with IHE. IHE has a credit card that'll get you mid-tier status, which comes with a lot of perks. Mm-hmm. I almost uh, prefer that the top-tier status isn't given away on a credit card. And I, I do have the Hilton Aspire, so I'm you know, Hilton Diamond, and I've gotten plenty of benefits, but it feels almost like cheating. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's really the earned. point of points and miles, is that it feels like <laughs> cheating. cheating. <laughs> yeah, you now have a problem. Yeah. With yeah. cheating your way to the top. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Once yeah. brought my brother to one of the conferences that we sometimes have about points and miles, and he sat and listened to the whole thing. And at the end, I said, What do you think? He says, Sounds like you guys are a bunch of scammers. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Yeah, he got it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but when it comes to IHG, though, uh, a lot of people are not that familiar with the program and especially the promotions that you mentioned. Right. Yeah. So who here at the table has bought points and stayed at a hotel for $25 a night? Me. Well, yeah. Well, I bought the points, but remember, I'm at the St. Regis, so it's more <laughs> it's kidding, kidding. It's a, a bit more. But um, I mean, that's part of why I have so many nights at IHE is there's great promotions. Point Break isn't nearly as great as it used to be, where there'd be 200 hotels that are discounted to just 5K points a night. But there's still plenty of hotels that are at 10K points. Points a night, 15k points a night, and TVG valuations are 0.5 cents each, and you can oftentimes buy it for 0.5 cents each. So, I mean, we've stayed at incredible intercontinental resorts for $62 a night of bought points by combining that buy points promotion with the fourth night free benefit on the credit card, and that's hard to beat. But those hotels that are on the promotion, mm-hmm. often they're not the most desirable properties, correct? Well, usually. Um, but there's some that are have just opened, mm. and I've gotten incredible. It was um, a hotel Indigo that just opened in Austin, and they were struggling to fill rooms. So it was right in downtown Austin. It's 10K points a night. There's some that are very desirable, but people haven't found them yet. You know, for all you guys, you're talking about like these credit cards and the ability to you know use your points, and it's kind of cheap. Let's face it, the easiest points to earn if you have a Chase card or any transferable, you know, Chase Sapphire Preferred or Chase Sapphire Reserve. I mean, your points transfer one-to-one to Hyatt instantly. And I mean, yeah, I don't buy points because I have a bunch of transferable credit card points that I earn on my Chase cards. And the ability to actually get my points instantly from Chase anytime that there's award availability is incredible. You cannot transfer Amex points to hotels nearly as efficiently as you can Chase to Hyatt. And the Hyatt award chart at the moment maxes out at around 30,000 uh, points per night for Category 7. There is this kind of Category 8 for some of their newer partnership hotels. But to transfer 30,000 chase points for a night at a Park Hyatt in you know, the Caribbean is incredible. Can you clarify what you mean by at the at moment? The moment? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, starting in March 2020, Hyatt will be introducing off-peak and peak pricing. That's something that Marriott's done for about a year-ish now. And obviously, Hilton doesn't have award charts, so I don't know how many points a Hilton would be ever. And so what Hyatt's doing is kind of what the other big boys are doing. They are introducing this chart, and award nights are going to vary based on the seasonality of the date. But what's awesome is that it's Hyatt who's setting those award rates. So the peak and off-peak dates are determined by the corporate headquarters, not by hotels themselves. Hotels go rogue, as we've seen with Marriott, the Bonvoy, the whole merger. Hotels can kind of do what they want, but Hyatt's going to try to stop that by having the corporate headquarters determine those dates, and uh, they're set once a year. So Hyatt will say, hey, this is how we predict our seasonality to be. 
peak dates will be Christmas, New Year's, you know, spring break and stuff. And that doesn't change. So with Marriott, I make my reservation now for six months from now. And I check every two weeks to see what happens because you never know what's going to happen. It's more dynamic. Marriott's peak and off-peak system is difficult to navigate because it changes constantly, as Zach mentioned. I don't know about constantly. Uh, yeah, Re- yeah, yeah, constantly. Uh, <laughs> I think they said monthly. Well, we'll say regularly. How but, about that? But I'll tell you, so yes, I don't like peak and off-peak pricing. And, you know, I would ding Marriott for that were it not for the fact that, you know, essentially all programs are doing it or are about to do it. So it's not really a unique negative. Excuse me. I actually does not have peak and off-peak pricing. Uh-huh. I think they are moving toward dynamic, though, aren't they? We've heard some things that is in the works. Uh, there's been rumors, but nothing, okay. nothing's so, come yes. out yet. So, so you, yes. you can still redeem 70K points for the Transcontinental Times Square for New Year's Eve. Buy points, $350 a night for Times Square New Year's Eve. But I don't want to buy points. I want to just like earn them from my cards and use them at the fancy places. So I'll say with Peak and Off-Peak with Marriott, I wish they didn't have it. I liked it when they didn't. But I have found some surprisingly good deals on some off-peak dates. Uh, for example, we're hosting our in-laws for Christmas. And, you know, we live in the middle of nowhere, Texas. But the Marriott there is off-peak around Christmas. And so it costs even fewer points than I expected. So I don't like that. But sometimes you do come out on the upside. And I'm sure we'll see the same with Hyatt when they when they transition to the peak and off-peak pricing you know, later this year. But we're still guessing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still guessing every time I make a Marriott reservation because if it's at a standard or a peak price, chances are something's going to change before my check-in date. So maybe it'll go down and you get some points back and you're a winner. And it has, but too often it, it goes up. it has. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with the continuation of the battle of the hotels here on Talking Points. That's right, Julian. TPG staffers will be back to duke it out right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We're back and boy, are things getting heated. And we haven't even heard about co-branded cards yet. I'm going to throw it back to Julian right now. Take it away. Welcome back to the Battle of the Hotels here on Talking Points. I'm Julian Keel, Director of Credit Cards and Points and Miles here at TPG. With me today, Zach Griff defending Hyatt, JT Genter defending IHG, Carissa Rawson with Hilton, and Summer Hall with Marriott. Let's talk a little bit about the co-branded credit cards with these four brands. Carissa, we talked a little bit about the Aspire card and that it comes automatically with Hilton's highest level status. It also, if you're into Hilton points, comes with some terrific earning rates, right? Yeah, it's got some really, really excellent, I think, unparalleled benefits compared to any of the other large hotel chains. Um, on the Hilton Aspire, you get an automatic 14 times uh, points per dollar, but that doesn't also take into account the fact that you are a diamond status, so you're actually... 14 um, points per dollar at Hilton Properties. At Hilton Properties, specifically, that's correct. But as a Hilton Diamond, you're also getting 20 points per dollar, so 
every dollar you spend with your Aspire card at a Hilton property, you're earning 34 points per dollar, which is just incredible. In addition to airline credits, resort credits, right? I, can, I could go on for days about all the benefits that the Hilton Aspire card will give you. You know, $250 on incidental airline fees, um, $250 resort credit at Hilton properties, things like that. It's um, unparalleled. Marriott has a similar premium credit card, the Marriott Brilliant card. It does. Uh, it's good. I would argue it's not quite as good when it comes to the credits and such. I think that's fair. I think one of the huge values, though, from this card is the the 50K award night you're going to get each year because the properties you can book within the Marriott system for 50K points are pretty impressive. And so that alone is a chunk of the value for me. But I would agree. It's not exactly the same type of card as the Aspire. Hyatt doesn't have a premium card. I would argue they should, but they did revamp their base card just uh, within the last year or so. So what's nice about Hyatt is it's kind of simple. you got one card. you got the world of Hyatt credit card. So kind of mid-tier card has a $95 annual fee. It's got a little bit of uh, quirkiness to it in that the first thing is you can earn elite status just by having the card. It's not as easy as the Hilton Aspire card, so you don't just hold the card and get top-tier elite status. If you hold the card, you get the uh, lowest level of elite status, Discoverist. Uh, but you can spend your way pretty easily to globalist to top tier Hyatt status. Pretty easily? <laughs> Isn't it like six figures you have to charge per year to do that? So so I'm thinking uh, of a situation where you have a small business or you're putting, you know, renovating a house or something or have some, you know, over the course of a year, a hundred-ish thousand of dollars of credit card expenses. Uh, you will earn uh, two elite qualifying nights for every $5,000 you spend. Uh, and, you know, that sounds like a lot, but think about someone who spends 40 nights at a hotel and needs 20 extra or 15 extra to augment and to supplement on that and get top tier elite status. So, Zach, let me tell you about Marriott. With Talk Marriott, to me. <laughs> you've got to have 50 nights to hit platinum, which they do have some higher tiers, but you, wait, you, you wait, get wait, most wait. of it at platinum. And so, I would argue, I would argue you get more at titanium, though. Okay, but we're going to go with the real world where not everyone has six figures of things. So to get platinum, you need 50 nights a year, award nights count, and having pretty much any of the main Marriott cards, you're going to get 15 elite nights credit just by having the card. And a lot of those cards are under $100 or around $100 a year. So that leaves just 35. And then they'll have double stay promos. I've been targeted for those at least once or twice the last several years. So when you're picking up two nights at a time and award nights count, 35 is a really reasonable number that I'd argue is much more within range than charging six figures on your card to get top tier status. No, that, a year. that's totally true. But you know, and that calculation, first off, that this the tiered statuses probably between platinum and world of high globalists aren't necessarily equal. Marriott Platinum is definitely not nearly as rewarding as globalists. But let's just take it, you know, just easy calculation here. Assume globalists, platinum are the same. You're spending 30 nights at a hotel. Uh, and with Hyatt, you need an additional, depending if, if you're requalifying, you'll only need an additional 25 nights um, that you need to charge your way to. You divide 25 and 2, that's like 12 and a half. Let's go with 12. Uh, so then you're needing $60,000 in credit card spend uh, over the course of a year to supplement and get you to that globalist tier status. There's more flexibility. It's not all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Right. That yeah. still sounds like a lot. And I'd rather put my earnings or my expenditures on a card that's going to be more rewarding and flexible than lock it all into one hotel program. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's talk for a second about the IHG premiere, which I know, JT, is literally one of your favorite cards, probably your favorite hotel card. It is my favorite hotel card. The Aspire is, is pretty close 
close, but it's incredible to be able to pay just $89 a year, get platinum status, which comes with a number of benefits. You get at least 25x uh, points uh, when, when you stay at IHG hotels and, and charge it to the card, 10 on the card, and then 10 base at IHG. Plus, since you'll have platinum status, you'll have five more. And you get a free anniversary night each year, which is capped, but it still used is, to be unlimited. But they did recently cap it, right? That's right. And uh, while it's capped at, at forty thousand points per night, that's that's a hotel that we would value at two hundred dollars. TPG valuations is just eighty nine dollars a year. It's a card that I can easily defend. And your favorite benefit, probably the fourth night free, right? Exactly. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, I, I should have actually added up how many fourth night frees I've done this year, but it is a lot. I spent many nights for free thanks to this card. Fourth night because on any award redemption? Any correct? award redemption, At including IG. Point Break hotels or promotions. Uh, it's incredible. You can save tons of points on that. I want to talk for a second about what we each see coming in 2020 on the hotel front. And I actually want to start with IHG because I recently did an IHG reward stay in Frankfurt at a points break hotel, one of the 15,000 ones. And I had never seen this before, but maybe you have. The room I was assigned was specifically marked literally on the door, IHG Rewards Club room, meaning that they had put aside about half a dozen rooms in the hotel specifically for award redemptions. And when I walked in, it was one of the nicer rooms in the hotel. And I thought, right, I'd never seen that before. And the reason I'm bringing it up is I feel that As hotels are competing, as it is getting tougher to compete when it comes to loyalty programs because there have been a lot of devaluations, that sort of individual attention, that sort of rewarding of loyalty, I think is going to become more of a factor. It's simple touch like that. Yeah. Why give the free redemption the worst room when you're rewarding your most loyal customer? And unfortunately, I've had that with IHG in uh, Bora Bora, definitely got seemingly the worst room, which is still an overwater villa, so it's hard to complain about. But um, yeah, I haven't seen that. I spent about 90 nights so far at IHG, probably more than half of those are award nights, and I haven't seen that yet. What's, but you, what's your plan in 2020 for IHG? Are you going to probably do another 90 nights, do you think? Probably, yeah. I've been a Spire Elite. This is my second year. Um, I'll probably requalify again next year. I'll be rolling over some nights thanks to surpassing the 75 that's needed. I'll start next year with a a few in the bank. Are you concerned about dynamic pricing? Uh, Yes, I am. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's going to come eventually. I'm hoping that it won't. As Summer points out, the off-peak pricing can be great because you can get great value if you're flexible and you're traveling those off-peak times. I like IHG's simplicity if you know exactly how much you're going to pay for a hotel. Carissa, Hilton in 2020, what do you think? Do you think there's any changes on the horizon? What's your plans? I actually do know that Hilton is launching more luxury properties. It's been on their radar and they're making a hard push too. So it can kind of be on the likes of, say, the St. Regis or Park Hyatt. So I'm really looking forward to that. As long as I'm a Hilton Diamond Elite, which I will be forever with the Aspire card and with no stays at all, I'm going to be staying at Hilton, you know? They give me the most for what I'm willing to put in. And Hilton, to some degree, started the dynamic pricing trend way back when, when they got rid of their charts and even before that, when they started doing ranges for their top-tier properties. Yes and no. I mean, Hilton technically doesn't have an award chart, but it has some actual 14 categories ranging in 5,000 points to 95,000 points a night with one single exception. So for standard room rewards, that's really what you're looking at. 
if you're going to go to premium room rewards, I suggest you look elsewhere. But for the most part, you can look at a Hilton property and pay a specific amount, even though it's not a published award chart. When it comes to Hyatt, we already know of one major change that we talked about in 2020. What else do you see coming down the pike? Yeah, I I think that this peak off-peak pricing is probably Hyatt's biggest change, certainly from the earning, in, in this case, burning side of the equation. I'd love to see Hyatt acquire some more properties. It's certainly also been a big play for them in the last year, and I wouldn't be surprised to see more acquisitions there. Do you think we'll see more hotels creep into that Category 8? It's a great question. Uh, Hyatt's been pretty good about keeping their properties in Category 7, and I'm hopeful that they'll stay there for next year. And when it comes to Marriott in 2020 summer, you'll be you'll be staying at the St. Regis again, I assume? Let's hope. Um, I think 2020 is going to be smooth sailing for Marriott. I think the last couple of years have been marked with a lot of change and some waves, but I think 2020 is going to be a relatively stable year for them. I'm excited that they're getting more into the all-inclusive market, which can be fun for an easy vacation. So... I think 2020 is looking good for Marriott. All right. We're going to have to leave it there for today. Thank you, Zach, JT, Carissa, and Summer for joining us here for today's Battle of the Hotels on Talking Points. I'm Julian Keel. Let's go back to Brian for a little wrap up. Thanks, Julian. So who's the winner? You decide. Let us know on Twitter at The Points Guy and make sure to check out thepointsguy.com for more details on your favorite hotels. Well, my two cents, to be honest, each has their own ups and downs. I was Starwood Loyal, RIP, and thus Marriott. So I'm pretty happy as a Marriott Titanium ambassador. I'm also Hilton Diamond from my Centurion card, and boy, did they treat me well at the Waldorf Astoria Maldives. I really like Waldorf Astoria Hotel, so I'm kind of, you know, just sleeping around these days, even though I am getting married. I mean, sleeping around in hotels. Wait, you get what I mean. In any case, but, you know, IHG has some value. Hotels are not for me personally. Elite status-wise, I think Hyatt probably has the best elite status perks with full benefit and upgrades. But really, when it comes down to hotel choices, there is no one right or wrong answer. It's about the footprint, the elite perks and credit cards, and where you want to redeem your miles. So to each their own. And that's it for the Battle of Hotels. Thanks for listening. And to Zach Griff, Carissa Rawson, Summer Hole, and JT Genter for duking it out. And to our trusty moderator, Julian Keel. Thanks to my podcast team, Margaret Kelly and Caroline Chagrin, and to Christy Matsui for keeping me in check. I'm Brian Kelly. Safe travels, everyone. And sleep tight, whatever hotel you stay in. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com